Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, welcome to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank you for joining us at the top of the noon hour. And to get our show started today, since our show is going to be a very exciting show, I think, on the topic of the rosary, what a great topic to talk about, especially when it comes to our spiritual health, our mental health, and our bodily health. It covers it all, and we're going to see how that is. Um, why is it such a popular uh, Catholic prayer uh, to recite, and really what, how it's going to help in our lives. But before we get started, let's start with the Angelus. Uh, very appropriate to say the Angelus, a uh, prayer to uh, Our Lady that recounts the incarnation of our Lord here at the top of our talk before the Rosary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And I just kind of lost my place there. Uh, Pray for us, Holy Mother God, that we may be worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, that grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke, and we humbly pray unto thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host. By the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Sorry about that. Lost my place there. Uh, as I was thinking ahead of our show, I need to be focusing on my prayers. <clears throat> but let's look at our show today. It's a very important show. Uh, it's a show on the rosary. It's why is the rosary such an important prayer for us? You know, really, we learn a lot about the rosary. We hear about the rosary. And whenever we talk about the rosary, uh, we really focus on Fatima uh, a lot of times because we know that Our Lady presented herself as the Lady of the Rosary. And we actually had uh, some prayers for the rosary that were described as the Fatima prayers, um, and which anybody who prays the rosary now will usually pray these prayers. Um, you know, we, we pray before the, the decade, we say, um, Oh my Jesus, forgive us, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. You know, we say that between every decade of the rosary, but why is the rosary so important to us? Well, let's look back a little bit on the history of the rosary. Where did it come about? Why do we even say it? So the rosary has a, uh, a few different names. It's also called the crown of roses or the garland of roses. We call it the Dominican rosary. Um, but for the most part, we just call it the rosary. Um, and we all know that it's a, a prayer where we meditate on beads. There's 50 beads because what we meditate on is we say the Hail Mary on the small beads, the Our Father on the large beads. And in the meantime, we pray different mysteries, right? We pray different mysteries on the life of Christ. 
and what that means for us as Catholics. So when we're praying the rosary, even though we're saying the Hail Mary, we're supposed to be meditating on the life of Christ, right? And where did it come from? Well, <clears throat> Our Lady gave the rosary to St. Dominic, right? And the devotion um, spread ever since then. And so that's why it's also called the Dominican Rosary, as I said before, um, because she gave it to St. Dominic and she told him that it was going to be a powerful prayer um, against evils, against wars, and against many different things. We also know that the popes have placed very important devotion to the rosary, especially Pope John Paul II, um, who always said, and there's a quote from John Paul II about the rosary, among the finest and most praiseworthy traditions of Christian contemplation. Um, we believe that it's a remedy against trials, temptations, hardships of life, and it is one of the greatest weapons uh, in the battle against evil. So if you're into deliverance ministry, if you're doing anything to fight the devil, if you're doing anything to get closer to God and getting rid of evil in your life, the rosary is indispensable. We always know that. Um, we always say that it's a, a Pope Pius the 11th actually said, this is one of his quotes, the rosary is a powerful weapon to put the demons to flight. And really that's what deliverance is all about. It's not about fighting the devil so that we, you know, end him or defeat him. Jesus already did that for us. It's really about putting the demons to flight. And that way through the rosary, we can start to get closer to God. Now that the demons are away and all the evil is away from us, we're able to get closer to God. We don't have any impediments. These are very important things to consider when thinking about the rosary. But one of the things that we a lot of people don't know because they see people praying the rosary and they think, oh, they go to church and all these uh, you know, older ladies might have a rosary prayer group and you hear about rosary prayer groups and you think, oh, that's for moms or grandmas or things of that nature. But the reality is when Our Lady um, gave the rosary to St. Dominic, there were 15 promises associated with the rosary. And that's really what I want to focus on today because as we're sitting there and reciting the rosary, it's very easy for us to kind of lose track of what we're doing. We know that it's, um, you know, a, a Catholic prayer. We know that it's good. We know that we're asking Our Lady to intercede for us. But it's very easy to lose sight of what we're doing, what we're meditating on. You know, we have the different mysteries that we pray, you know, whether they be the, the glorious mysteries, the joyful mysteries, well, let's say them in order, right? The joyful mysteries, the, the sorrowful mysteries, Pope John Paul II added the luminous mysteries, and then we have the glorious mysteries. And depending on where you're praying, you're praying really about different times in the life of Christ, right? A lot of people say, oh, you're praying to Mary. Well, we're asking Our Lady to intercede for us. We're saying a lot of Hail Marys, but it's really a Christ-centered prayer. We're focused on the life of Christ and what that means to us. Obviously, Our Lady, as his mother, um, was one of the biggest role players in the rosary or in the, in the life of Christ. So that's what we meditate on in the rosary. The Blessed Virgin promised St. Dominic, and this is one of the things that she told him, um, you know, she said, whatever you ask in the rosary will be granted. And she left for us 15 promises. That's really what I want to focus on because as we think about Christians sometimes, or as we think as Catholics, you know, if we're going to think Catholics so we can live our faith and eventually be called Catholics and be Catholics and become Catholics, one of the things is that a lot of times what is our ritual kind of becomes routine instead of a ritual. We go to church because we have to, not because we think that that's the sacrifice that's going to help forgive our sins, uh, not because we think that every time we bless ourselves with holy water, we're blessing ourselves to alleviate ourselves from evil and repel evil, not because we think that we're walking into a holy place in the house of God. But a lot of times we do this thinking that, well, if I don't do this, something bad's going to happen, instead of thinking of all the good that's going to happen to us. 
And I think that that happens in our prayers as well. You know, usually we think of prayers as penance or something that I have to do that's a sacrifice. I go to confession and I go to confession and they give me prayers. And so obviously it's to make up for something bad. And a lot of times prayers get associated with the negative. You know, we have to pray in order to get, in order to not go to hell. But what we forget is we're actually stockpiling graces and we're actually praying to do very good things. Um, it's not always something negative. It's not always to get away from the negative. Sometimes it's moving towards the positive. That should give us hope if nothing else. But let's look at these promises. Let's break them down. Let's see what promises Our Lady told St. Dominic about if we pray the rosary and what this means for our mental health, okay? More than anything else. And the reason I say mental health in this case is because if our mental health is good, our physical health is going to follow. How many times do we feel excited about something or motivated and we want to follow, the body wants to follow, we want to go do something? Because when we're hopeful, when we're looking forward to things, when we're excited, when we're motivated, the body's going to want to follow the mind. But if we have our mind on God and if we put our thoughts on these promises, not only is it going to motivate us to pray the rosary, but I think it's going to help us to appreciate the fact that, you know, we are actually doing something good. We're praying the rosary in order to gain something good, not necessarily to just make up for our sins, although it's a great way to do that. So let's look at the first one. Our Lady told St. Dominic, whoever shall faithfully serve me by recitation of the rosary shall receive signal graces. Now, when it comes to graces, how do we, do we really know what a grace is? You know, what, what is a grace? How many graces are out there? Are there? Is there a list of specific graces? No, there are an infinite number of graces. And really, graces are the gifts that God gives us based on what he sees that we need in our lives. If, you know, if you're struggling with a particular kind of sin, you might ask God for a grace to overcome that sin or to not think about it as much. If you're struggling with getting along with one of your family members, well, God probably knows who your family member is and they know what your interaction's like. He knows what your interaction's like. So you might get a grace to deal with that in particular. So graces are very unique. The interesting thing about graces is Our Lady is the mediator of all the graces. So if we're going to ask for graces, it makes sense that we're going to ask Our Lady to intercede for us and she will dole out the graces. She will give out the graces that you need. In this particular case, whoever shall faithfully serve me by recitation of the rosary shall receive signal graces, special graces, graces you might not even know that you're getting, but you're opening up yourself to these graces because you're praying the rosary. I think that's so powerful because many times in our lives, and this is just the first this is just the first promise. We haven't even gone through the 15, just the first promise alone. And already we're receiving signal graces. Already we are being showered with gifts from heaven that we might not even be aware of because they're signal. They're not your, you know, there's some graces that we might know of or common graces or, oh, ask for the grace of patience or as, you know, that's a virtue. Ask for the grace to, you know, do this or that. But I got a feeling that there's an infinite number of graces out there that we're not even aware of. And our lady's going to know exactly what to give us. And that's just the first, the first promise. Whoever shall faithfully serve me by the recitation of the rosary shall receive signal graces. Already we're a step ahead. You know, she's not even talking, our lady's not even talking about, you know, making up for sins. You know, God, God, I don't think God sees us through the eyes of sin. I think God sees us through the eyes of like a parent to a child through how much he loves us and he wants to give us these graces. That's the first one. I'm already kind of pumped up and excited on that one. I kind of feel like Terry Barber. I'm getting pumped up. Number two, let's look at promise number two. I promise my special protection and the greatest graces to all those who shall recite the rosary. So the first time we're getting signal graces, now we're getting special protection from Our Lady and the greatest graces if we recite the rosary. We're going to talk a lot more about that when we come back from the break because 
who is our lady and what does it mean that we have special protection from her this is exciting more from the break All right, well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. I am your host, Dr. Luis Sandoval, and today we are talking about the rosary, but more specifically, the 15 promises associated with the rosary. I think as Catholics, you know, especially if you've grown up Catholic, you know how to pray the rosary. You seen, you probably have tons around your home. You've seen your mom with a rosary, your grandma with a rosary. If you're new to the Catholic faith, I'm sure you've heard of the rosary. Somebody's told you that you need to pray it. And they give you some rosary beads or something along those lines. Very common in all of our Catholic churches. Very much a staple of our Catholic faith. But do you know about the promises associated with the rosary? Why do we pray this rosary? What is it that Our Lady is asking us to pray this for? And what does she promise will happen as we pray this rosary? Well, right before the break, I was going over the second promise of the rosary where Our Lady says, I promise my special protection and the greatest graces to all those who shall recite the rosary. So our first promise already gave us signal graces. Now we're going to get the greatest graces. I, my brain is not that big. My brain is not as smart as God. I can't even imagine what great graces are. I, my, I, I probably imagine something that I think, wow, that's going to be a great grace. And God probably has something a million times better than what I could possibly think of. But Our Lady says she promises her special protection. Hmm. Does that matter? This is our lady. She was the young gal from uh, Nazareth. This is, she was a young gal who gave birth in Bethlehem. She was a young gal who said yes to God, but she was a young Jewish gal. What kind of special protection can she give us? Uh, it doesn't sound too impressive unless you read a little bit more of our lady uh, and you read uh, the book of Revelation and you see where it says that the queen of heaven comes forth as the morning rising, fair as the moon, bright as the sun, terrible as an army set in battle array. Sorry, that's Canticle of Canticles in uh, six nine. Terrible as an army set in battle array. This is who Our Lady is. She's set in battle array. Are you ready to have somebody like that protect you? I sure am. I'm ready. If you're going to give me your special protection and you're set in battle array against the powers of hell. I think I'll take that. I'll take that promise. And in fact, I'll hold you to it because I'm going to want to pray my rosary and make sure that as I'm praying it, I'm going to have some special protection. Let's look at promise number three. It just builds on promise number two. The rosary shall be a powerful armor against hell. It will destroy vice, decrease sin, and defeat heresies. That's, if Our Lady already told us she's going to give us her special protection, my goodness, how, how can promise number three not follow that it will be a powerful armor against hell? The, the, we already know how the story ends as far as the devil being defeated. We already know that our lady crushes his head. We already know these things. And she promises us that. She says, special protection, powerful armor against hell. It's going to destroy vice, decrease sin, and defeat heresies. Do we not ask for that all the time in our lives? Don't we say, gosh, I don't. I wish I led a, led a better life. I want to not have sin in my life. I want to be pure. I want to do what's right. I don't want to lead a sinful life. I want to not have, you know, I want to be closer to God. Well, this is a way to do it. As we meditate on God's life, we're going to be destroying vice and decreasing sin. So we're actually getting away from the evil, but going towards something greater because we're already protected. This is our armor against hell. Let's look at promise number four. The rosary will cause virtue and good works to flourish. It will obtain for souls the abundant mercy of God. It will withdraw the hearts of men from the love of the world and its vanities and will lift them to the desire for eternal things. 
Oh, that souls would sanctify themselves by this means. That's a big promise. Let's read that again. One more time, read it slowly and break it down because this is actually a very, very important promise. Now, the other ones before, of course, we're going to be getting graces. We're going to be protected from hell. This is something on our end of things because a lot of times, even though we know that God loves us and God's going to give us graces and God's going to take care of us, how many times do we feel like I can't do anything on my own? I have failed. God's not going to love me because I have failed because I'm nothing and I can't do anything on my own. Well, let's look at this one. This is where it's going to give us the power to do that because one of the th- one of the ways that we think incorrectly, shall we say, I don't want to say or, you know that we're wrong, but we think incorrectly um, spiritually is that we think I need to do this on my own. And the reality is there is no on my own. Jesus already told us that, right? I'm the vine, you are the branches. You're not going to survive without me. And there's nothing you can do without me. I think this promise of the rosary helps us to remember that and to remember that whatever power we have comes from Christ. And not only that, if we can think that way, I'm going to focus on the eternal. All these little things that I worry about here on earth are not going to matter. It's not going to be important because the only thing that's going to matter is the eternal. So let's read that again. The rosary will cause virtue and good works to flourish. That means that whatever I do, whatever comes out of my hands, whatever comes out of my work is going to be good and it's going to flourish. Why? Because it doesn't come from me because I'm recognizing that it's coming from God and God is working through me. So I can't say, oh, I did this wonderful thing, but I'm allowing God to work through me. It will obtain for souls abundant mercy of God. How many of us don't want God's mercy? We know we're not perfect. We know that we fail in our lives and being able to follow the Ten Commandments and being able to lead virtuous lives. But Our Lady's telling us this is going to cause virtue and you're going to get the mercy from God. That's exciting to me because all of a sudden that which I'm looking for is coming to me and all I have to do is meditate on this rosary. It will withdraw the hearts of men from the love of the world and its vanities. How many times do we go after something in this earth and we know that we want it, whether it be a car, a piece of jewelry, a piece of clothing, the latest music, whatever it is, we want this. We're going to work towards it. We're going to build our our, our uh, money. We're going to save our money. We're going to make sure that we spend our money on this one material item that we want. And all of a sudden we get it. And how long does it last for? How long are we happy with it for? Or are we so happy with something material that we ignore our family, that we ignore our friends, that we go after this shiny thing and we lose the true relationship of the body of Christ because we need to be joined to each other? You know, the rosary will help withdraw our hearts from the love of this world and its vanities, and it's going to lift us to desire of eternal things. If I start thinking, gosh, if I focus on Christ, I'm building up that treasure in heaven, I'm building up that bank account in heaven then I'm going to want to be doing these things. I'm going to actually do something that's worth it. I'm not going to go for monopoly money, which is really what our our riches are here on earth. I don't care how much stock a person has or how much physical uh, goods people have. Really, we're, we're all going to die eventually. We're going to leave that all behind. It's good for the moment, but we're, all, we're eventually all going to die. Once I die, am I going to have currency in heaven? Am I going to be able to have a bank account there that I can cash in on? Our Lady's telling us the rosary is going to lift us to desire these eternal things. And we're not going to worry about the earthly vanities. We're going to worry about the eternal. That's um, that's amazing to me. This is what's transforming your heart. That's really where the miracles are. Is your heart being transformed or not? Let's look at the next one. Promise number five. The soul which recommends itself to me by the recitation of the rosary shall not perish. Similar words that we've heard before, you will not perish, you will not die. Who told us that before? It was an empty promise before. It was in the book of Genesis, right? When the snake told Eve, you're not going to die. You're not going to perish. Go ahead, eat of the fruit. Disobey your God. It doesn't matter. You won't die. Our lady's telling us something different. She's saying, recite the rosary. 
There's no catch here. You really won't die. You really aren't going to die spiritually, right? So we're not going to perish. She's already promising us that. This is a promise. Remember, these are 15 promises, not 15 maybes or 15 suggestions. These are 15 promises that Our Lady made. And I think Our Lady's word is pretty good. So 15 promises. This is number five is just amazing. You shall not perish. Interesting that it's promise number five, because if we look at the Ten Commandments, commandment number five is you shall not kill, right? And promise number five is you shall not perish. Not a theological comparison, but just an interesting coincidence, if you will, there. But you're not going to die. This is a guaranteed promise. This is Our Lady telling you, pray the rosary, you're going to make it to heaven. Let's look at number six. Whoever shall recite the rosary devoutly, applying himself to the consideration of its sacred mysteries, shall never be conquered by misfortune. God will not chastise him in his justice. He shall not perish by an unprovided death. If he be just, he shall remain in the grace of God and become worthy of eternal life. Okay, that's a big one. Let's go back and read it. A few lines there. Whoever shall recite the rosary devoutly. Devoutly, that means that, you know, this is your thing. You're going to recite it devoutly. It's going to be part of your regular prayer life. It's not going to be a once in a while. It's going to be daily, at least once a day. And apply himself to the consideration of the sacred mysteries shall never be conquered by misfortune. That is huge. Okay, let's break down misfortune, though, because a lot of people will say, well, geez, not be conquered by misfortune, which means that I'm not going to be poor. I'm not going to uh, ever have a bad day at work. What does misfortune mean? we got to remember that Our Lady's always going to speak to us in spiritual terms. It's not so much a matter of, will you be conquered in your life? Will you be conquered at work? But would you be conquered spiritually? So that if something bad does happen in the eyes of the world, say that you're let go of your job, say that you lose your money, say something along those lines, the real question is, how are you going to be internally as that happens? Is this something that's going to crush you? Is it going to cause you misfortune? Or are you going to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to put my hope in God. And even though that happened, God's infinitely rich. He's going to take care of me. He's going to give me whatever it is I need. And so if you pray the rosary, you're not going to be conquered by these misfortunes, whether it be because something bad happened in the eyes of the world and you're not going to be troubled by it. Or I believe that God put us on this earth. He knows what's on this earth. He doesn't think material things are bad. We need them to survive. Everybody needs a roof over their head. In this world, we need transportation. You might need a car. You might need to get around. And I don't think all those things are bad, but you're also not going to have the misfortune on focusing on that and not on God and making that your God instead. You're not going to be breaking the first commandment. You're not going to be conquered by that type of misfortune. I think that's very important because at the end of the day, when I die, there's only going to be two doors that I'm worried about. And the question is, which door am I going to go into? It says, God will not chastise him in his justice. He shall not perish by an unprovided death. If he be just, he shall remain in the grace of God and become worthy of eternal life. This is huge. God will not chastise him in his justice. So if we're praying the rosary, God's going to see where we're at. He knows the punishment we deserve because of our sins, and he's going to be held back because of his mercy and his love. I'm not going to be falling into all the punishments that I deserve because I have changed my heart through the rosary, and God can see that. And God is going to say, because of justice, this is what you deserve, but because you prayed the rosary, because you were faithful to my mother, because you meditated on the life of my son, I will not harm you. You will not be chastised. I think that's huge. He shall not perish by an unprovided death. You're not going to die suddenly. You're going to know when you're going to die or something's going to happen in your life where you're going to be able to 
know your moment of death, or at least be prepared for it is my guess, you're not going to perish by an unprovided death. This isn't going to come surprisingly to you. That's huge. We hear about a lot of miracles from the rosary. We hear about that. I recently heard about a building fell down and crushed a lot of its its people there. And one of the, the ladies in the building said that she survived because she woke up in the middle of the night and she heard what she thought was the voice of Our Lady. This lady was devoted to the rosary. She thought the voice of Our Lady told her, get out. Get up and get it. She didn't understand what it was, but she got up in the middle of the night. She got out of the building and the building fell down. That's an amazing story. I believe these things happen. I believe that, you know, that's not the source of mental illness to say, oh, I heard this voice and it told me that. I believe God speaks to us. You know, we have to look at the quality of the voices we hear. We got to look at the content of the voices we hear before we decide, oh, this is a psychosis or a schizophrenia. If I tell you that I hear the voice of God, I want to know a little bit more about the details. But Maybe God is going to guide us. Our guardian angel is going to guide us. Our lady is going to guide us. We're going to get a message. We're not going to die an unprovided death. And it says, if he be just, he shall remain in the grace of God. God will not be mocked either. If he be just, we have to do our part. We can't just sit there and say, well, I'm praying the rosary so I can be bad. It's not that big a deal. No, if he be just, he shall remain in the grace of God and become worthy of eternal life. That's a big deal because once we do our part, we're going to remain in the grace of God, which means God's not going to turn his back on us. We are working towards God and we will be worthy of eternal life. Isn't that what we're all after? Aren't we just trying to become saints? Aren't we trying to make it into the doors, into the pearly gates, making it to heaven? That's promise number six. These are promises. They're not suggestions. These are actual promises that we recite the rosary. It's important to look at that. So we're going to look at the rest of these promises when we come back from the break. All right, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Today we are talking about the rosary, and not just about the rosary, we're actually talking about what the promises Our Lady told us are associated with the rosary. And the important thing to remember is that these are promises. This isn't something where I'm saying, oh, you know, maybe this will happen, or, you know, if you pray the rosary, maybe you can hope for this. No, these are promises. These are pretty much set in stone, especially if Our Lady is going to tell us what these promises are. They're powerful, powerful promises when it comes to our spiritual life. It doesn't get better than this overall. I mean, aside from the Eucharist, obviously, we're not going to, nothing's going to substitute the Eucharist because the Eucharist is our, our door into heaven. That's that's the bottom line right there. But when we think about the rosary, a lot of people say, oh, it's a Marian prayer. You're praying to Mary. No, not at all. We're not praying to Mary. We are meditating on the life of Christ and we are asking Our Lady to intercede for us. We're asking her to pray for us as we focus on the on the life of Christ, as we focus on these mysteries. That's what the rosary ends up being. And if we're focused on the life of Christ, how could we not be focused on the Eucharist, right? That's the culmination of the life of Christ. He came here, he sacrificed for himself or himself for us, and he became the sacrificial lamb. And we have to be part of that sacrifice and the fact that we have to consume the sacrifice in order for us to form that covenant. So it's all important. And the rosary just helps to remind us of that. So let's look at the next uh, promises. We went through promises one through six. Our lady who is dressed in battle array is giving us these promises. How could you not feel secure when somebody's dressed in battle array? Terrible uh, like the sun, right? So our lady comes in and she's going to protect us. She's giving us these promises. The last one that I read um, talked about, there was an, it's an interesting thing because this is what's going to link us to the next one. So the last promise I read was promise number six, but promise number seven, 
this this gets exciting. Whoever shall have a true devotion to the rosary shall not die without the sacraments of the church. That's promise number seven. That's a huge promise. If you have a true devotion to the rosary, you're not going to die without the sacraments of the church. Okay, let's look at promise number six, though, because there's a link here. There's a link that we cannot deny. It says, he shall not perish by an unprovided death. And the next one says, you shall not die without the sacraments of the church. I think that that's where that link is. An unprovided death, meaning that you're going to die. And when you transition from this life to the next, you're going to be prepared. You're going to have the sacraments. You're going to be prepared. What better than to get the sacraments, which are the living sign of Christ, as we move on towards hopefully living with Christ forever. It doesn't get better than that. And these are promises. You're not going to die without the sacraments. Before your death, you're going to be able to receive confession. You're going to be able to receive communion. You're going to be able to receive anointing of the sick. It's going to be, that's, it doesn't get better than that. I, I would hope to have that. I want to have that. And praying the rosary is my guarantee that I'm going to have that. I got to put some faith into it, right? I got to believe this is true as well, because I can't just assume that, oh, I'm going to pray the rosary and lead whatever kind of life I want, and it's going to be okay. No, it's going to, I got to put my part in as well. Let's look at the next promise. Whoever shall have a true devotion to the rosary shall not, oh no, I'm sorry, that was number seven. I already read that one. Number eight, those who are faithful to recite the rosary shall have during their life and at their death, the light of God and the plenitude of his graces. At the moment of death, they shall participate in the merits of the saints in paradise. That is huge, huge. Let's back up a little bit because this one talks a little bit about graces too. So let's reread this. Let's break it down. Promise number eight, those who are faithful to recite the rosary shall have during their life and at their death, the light of God. Okay, let's just start with that. I'm going to have during my life and at death, the light of God. How many of us want that? And it's talking about, I mean, these other promises that we've been reading have all been about, you know, destroying vice and and decreasing sin. And we kind of think about that. Okay, sure. That's what I want. And the other ones about, you know, we're, we're going to focus on the eternal. We're going to be promised eternal life. Of course, that's good. We want that for eternal life. But then all of a sudden during my life and at my death, I'm going to have the light of God. So during my life, I'm going to have the light of God. God is going to be living in with me and shining out of me. That doesn't mean that I'm great. It means that I'm going to allow a place in my heart for God to be there. And people are going to see the light of God. I'm going to, God is probably going to be pretty happy saying, Hey, thanks for hooking me up and letting me be the light to other people and show myself to other people because you've decided to decrease yourself. Remember when we praise, we're going to have to humble ourselves. We're not going to be, you know, the, the alpha male out there uh, in the eyes of the world. We're going to be the alpha male in the eyes of God saying, if you can humble yourself as you pray this, as you, as you meditate on this, the light will, will shine from you. And at the death, we're going to have the light of God. Isn't that ultimately what we want when we die? We want to see the light of God. We want to be enveloped in the light of God. We want to live in the light of God. That's how we're going to be dressed in heaven as the saints. So the next part says, we will also have the plenitude, the fullness of his graces. The only other person who has the fullness of God's graces was Mary, right? Hail Mary, full of grace, gratia plena, full of grace. And we're going to have the plenitude of his graces. Are we going to be sharing the same graces as Our Lady? Perhaps some of them, I don't know of all of them, but some of them, but if we're going to have the plenitude of his graces, let's look at this. In the earlier ones, in the earlier promises here, promise number one, we're going to receive signal graces. In promise number two, we're going to have the greatest graces. In promise number eight, we're going to have the plenitude of his graces. I think I want to pray the rosary. I think I want to go pray the rosary because I want the plenitude of graces. How could I not want the plenitude of graces? It doesn't, you can't get closer to God than that. 
right? You start getting all these positive things. You're praying the rosary. You're going to have the plenitude of graces. Let's look at what the rest of this promise says. At the moment of death, they shall participate in the merits of the saints in paradise. Okay. When we look at the lives of saints, we always think, and people say, oh, are you going to be a saint? Or you think you're holy, you're a saint. Our first answer is, oh no, I'm not perfect. We always think that the saints are perfect. But the reality is the saints were not perfect. The saints were perfect in their desire for God. They were perfect in their wanting to be with God. If you talk to any of the saints, if you look at what St. Paul says, they all, they're always going to tell you they're the worst of the sinners. They're going to say, I know God and I still sin. I know God and I still have weakness. I know God and because of our broken nature, I still sin. How could how can it get worse than that? So that the, any saint's going to tell you that they were sinners. They all went to confession. It's not about perfection. But what do they merit? They merited the fact that they focused on God and they just wanted to be with God. If I pray the rosary, I'm going to reach that level of perfection. I'm going to reach that level of wanting to be with God and I'm going to participate in the merits of saints. Notice, it's not saying you have to go fast, you have to go do all these uh, penances that you think are going to be important. Yeah, not saying that fasting is not important. It is important. It's going to get us uh, good things. That's in deliverance, of course, where I was talking about prayer and fasting. There's no question about that. But this is telling me that if I pray the rosary, if I dedicated my life to pray in the rosary, if I can actually pray the rosary, I'm also going to merit in the sacrifices, just like the sacrifices that the saints made. That's huge. I'm going to get to heaven and I'm going to have the plenitude of God's graces. I'm going to have the light of God, both in life and death. And I'm going to participate in the merits of saints in paradise by praying the rosary, by meditating on the life of God. I better get better at my meditation. I got to tell you that even as I read these, I'm thinking I better focus on my meditation more because, you know, I can easily be distracted in the middle of prayer. Um, Let's look at promise number nine. I mean, you'd think that that's it. What more could you possibly want? All these promises I've read, what, what more could there be? Let's look at, there's, there's still more promises, okay? There's still seven more promises I haven't gone through. We're halfway through, and already we got the richness, the fullness of heaven here. All right, let's look at promise number nine. I shall deliver from purgatory those have, who have been devoted to the rosary. So Our Lady is also telling us, I know that you could end up in purgatory still. Be devoted. She's telling us that she knows that we're not perfect, and it's okay. She's telling us she, she knows we're going to sin. She knows that we might not make it into the doors of heaven right away because of our fallen nature. So she's telling us right away, you might end up in purgatory. It's okay, which tells us right there, if you think of this psychiatrically, you're going to analyze this. It tells us she knows our nature. She knows that we sin, and she knows that by God's justice, we might end up in purgatory. So it doesn't. it's not saying, oh, it's a guarantee into heaven just because you pray the rosary. You got to put your part. But there's part of us that might not be able to do that, right? We're not perfect. But what she's saying, she's saying, if you end up in purgatory, I will deliver you from purgatory. I will come in and deliver you from purgatory, but be faithful to my rosary. Focus on the life of God. Just because I'm not telling you to be perfect, I'm telling you to focus on the life of my son and pray the rosary, and we're going to take care of the rest later, right? Now, she's not saying go out and sin and have at it either, right? So you got to try. You got to do your best. You got to put your part. God's going to look at what's in our hearts, and Our Lady's going to look at what's in our hearts in order to say, did you really want to perfect yourself through the praying the rosary, or were you just kind of doing that and hoping that you could sin anyway? It doesn't work both ways, right? So you have to really put your part in. And Our Lady says she's going to come and take us out of purgatory if we have been devoted to praying the rosary. That was promise number nine. Let's look at promise number 10. The faithful children of the rosary shall merit a high degree of glory in heaven. We've already said that we're going to have the plenitude of graces. We've already said that we're going to have the light of God. We're already said that we're going to participate in the merits of the saints and now there is a separate promise, which means that I don't think Our Lady is going to be repeating herself too much. I think that each promise has to be taken individually, and we're going to merit a high degree of glory in heaven, which 
tells us a few things. One, there's different degrees of glory in heaven, right? There's different degrees. It's going to tell us that we're going to merit a high degree. So there's obviously lower degrees, medium degrees, higher degrees. But if you pray the rosary, you're going to merit a higher degree. So already you're meriting, uh, you're participating in the merits of the saints. And then on top of that, you get a higher degree in heaven. I think I'd like to have a higher degree in heaven as much as possible. I got to remember to pray the rosary. I got to remember to be devout as I pray the rosary, not just say the words, but focus on the life of Christ. That's what I tell you. That's I'm just speaking personally. That's what I got to remember to do. Let's look at promise number 11. You shall obtain all you ask of me by the recitation of the rosary. How many times are we asking for things from God? How many times are we saying, oh, I wish I had this. Oh, I wish I had that. Oh, I wish I could, or I wish I, you know, all these different things. And our lady says, you shall obtain all you ask of me by the recitation of the rosary, all you ask, which obviously it's got to be within in line with the will of God. I can't just say, oh, I'd like to have a, you know, a super fast sporty car for myself. And I don't think that that's what our lady's thinking. We got to also be thinking spiritually and we got to think logically, but anything we ask of our lady, anything we ask her to do for us in our hearts, in our life, in terms of getting closer to God, if we pray the rosary, she's going to give it to us. If this is in line with God's will, if we ask our lady for something through praying the rosary, it's going to be there. We've got to have faith. It's there. It's there in black and white. This is what she promises. This is what St. Dominic tells us she promised. How could I not believe this? I mean, these promises are huge. They're, they're guarantees. It's just a matter of, am I going to do my part? Because it's not easy. We're going to talk about that uh, later on in the show because these promises are great, but then what's keeping us from praying the rosary anyway? Why is it that, you know, after reading these promises, we're not like at church praying the rosary 24-7? We're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show because that's important too. That's something to consider. We have to be realistic about our human nature. But, so I just read, the faithful children of the rosary shall merit a high degree of glory in heaven. You shall obtain all you ask of me by the recitation of the rosary. Number 12, all those who propagate the holy rosary shall be aided by me in their necessities. So we're going to talk more about that when we come back from the break. we got four more promises to go through. And then we're going to talk about how do we work this in our Catholic lives? Because it can get kind of hard. It can get kind of challenging. Not always good at praying the rosary faithfully is. I read these promises. I think I got to start praying a little bit more faithfully and focus more while I'm praying it. More when we come back from the break. All right, welcome back to the Dr. Blue Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Today we are talking about the rosary and what that means for us as Catholics. I know that um, a lot of times we talk about the rosary. We know that we're supposed to pray the rosary. Um, and, you know, we, we talk about the different parts of the rosary. So we start with the creed and then we pray in our Father. And on the initial three beads, we're going to pray three Hail Marys for the virtues of faith, hope, and love, which obviously are infused virtues. We can't kind of practice those on our own. The reason we pray for them is we ask God that he give them to us. There's no other way to get those virtues. And those virtues, if anybody has followed our My Holy Hour Challenge, will guarantee us to have peace. If we can get those virtues, we're going to be guaranteed peace. So these are important things to consider. But as we pray the rosary, we start with that. So these things are important. And then we pray the Our Father, and then we have all of the mysteries. We have the joyful mysteries. Let's go through those very quickly so that we um, can remember those. The first joyful mystery is the Annunciation. The second joyful mystery is Our Lady visits her cousin Elizabeth. The third joyful mystery is the Nativity of Our Lord. The fourth joyful mystery is the Presentation of Christ. The fifth joyful mystery is when they find Christ in the temple after he was lost for three days. 
Then we go to the sorrowful mysteries. The first sorrowful mystery uh, is the agony in the garden of Jesus. The second sorrowful mystery is the scourging at the pillar. The third sorrowful mystery is the crowning with thorns. The fourth sorrowful mystery is the way of the cross. The fifth sorrowful mystery is the crucifixion. If we follow, if we add the mysteries according to St. John Paul II, uh, we have the luminous mysteries, the first one being the baptism of Christ, the second one being the miracle at the wedding at Canaan, the third one being the Sermon on the Mount, or when Christ gave us the Beatitudes, the fourth one being the Transfiguration, and the fifth one being the institution of the Eucharist, and lastly, we have the glorious mysteries, first one being the resurrection, the second one, the ascension of our Lord, the third one, the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, the fourth one now is Our Lady being assumed into heaven, body, and soul, and the fifth glorious mystery is Our Lady crowned as Queen of Heaven and Earth. It's important to realize that in the rosary, it's all about Christ. It starts with the with the Annunciation, with the, the angel Gabriel telling Our Lady, letting Our Lady know that this is what God wanted of her, and Our Lady saying yes. And it ends with Our Lady being crowned as the queen of the universe. Now, a lot of people say, well, that's very Marian, right? We end up with Our Lady being crowned. No, but Our Lady could only be crowned by Christ. Nobody else can crown her. This is the life of Christ. This is Christ coming into the world and Christ finally honoring his mother. What son doesn't want to honor, honor his mother? It is important to realize that as we pray the rosary, as I mentioned, all these mysteries, they are all about the life of Christ. Even if it seems like it focuses on Mary, the Annunciation was announcing the birth of Christ. The Mary going to visit her cousin Elizabeth was really Jesus meaning St. John, right? They were both pregnant at the time and St. John leapt in the womb, right? And Our Lady was the Ark of the Covenant and she was bringing Christ. So then we have, of course, the birth of Christ. And then we see all the events in Christ in the life of Christ in between. There's no mention really of Our Lady in between until we get to the Assumption, right? Because we get to the third glorious mystery, the coming of the Holy Spirit. So all of a sudden the fullness of the Trinity there, Jesus telling us that I have to send you the Holy Spirit. I have to go back up. And so he had his ascension into heaven. And then Our Lady at the very end is assumed into heaven and she gets her reward as Queen of Heaven and Earth for leading the life with Christ for saying yes to our Lord. So it really all has to do with Christ. It's really all about the life of Christ. So when we focus on this, if we're focusing on these mysteries, Our Lady already said there were these promises associated with it. There's no question about it. These are promises. These aren't suggestions. We've been going through these promises. Let's go through the last few promises and see what that means for us as Catholics. So I left off on promise number 11. You shall obtain all you ask of me by the recitation of the rosary. We talked about that and we realized how this is a guarantee. Anything we ask of Our Lady, we're going to obtain, but we have to come with a humble heart, okay? Number 12, all those who propagate the rosary shall be aided by me in their necessities. So now not only is it important that we pray the rosary, but if we truly believe in the rosary, if we truly see the merit of the rosary, are we also letting other people know about that? Are we telling other people, hey, I think you should pray the rosary and let me tell you why. And let me tell you what it's doing in my life. And let me tell you how this is important for us. And let me tell you why this was important uh, for Our Lady and why she told us about this and why she told us about this at Fatima when she's warning us about horrible things happening, about wars and deaths and temptations. And somehow the rosary is a part of that. Somehow the rosary is there to protect us from that. It's important to remember that because our, I don't think Our Lady would mind words and I don't think she would add something that wasn't uh, important. I don't think she would speak of that if it wasn't important or if it wasn't going to be helpful to us in a certain way. 
We already saw the earlier promises where it was our battle array, right? So it's going to protect us from heaven and she's going to give us her special protection if we pray the rosary. So that's important. Here, now she's asking us not just pray it, but propagate the rosary. Tell people about the rosary. Let them know that you pray the rosary. I'm going to help you out in whatever it is you need. This is all about helping us out. You know, how many times do we feel helpless out there? Like we don't know what we're doing or we're not sure how to get closer to God or we're not sure if we're we're leading our family in the right way. We're not sure if we're doing the right thing for our children. I think if we pray the rosary and we tell people about the rosary, our lady's going to help us with that. Let's look at promise number 13. I have obtained from my divine son that all the advocates of the rosary shall have for intercessors the entire celestial court during their life and at the hour of death. Let's read that again one more time. This deserves a little bit of going over. I have obtained from my divine son that all the advocates of the rosary shall have for intercessors the entire celestial court. Okay, so let's start start right there and let's look at this. What is the entire celestial court? And what does it mean that there are intercessors? It means that when we get to heaven, Well, actually, let's read a little bit more because it's not about getting to heaven. It says, during their life and at the hour of death. So during our life here and at the hour of death, not just when we get to heaven, but even now, we're praying for help now. We're going to have the entire celestial court as our intercessors, all the angels. Now, there's infinitely a number of angels. Like We can't say that there's only a million angels. There's a lot more angels than we can possibly assume or think of. All the saints who are in heaven now are there, right? And that's part of the celestial court. We always say that the angels and the saints in heaven are the celestial court before God, who are praising God. But if we're praying the rosary, then all of heaven is praying. It's like me being, let's just pretend, let's put this on a small scale. Let's just put this on a small scale. Let's say that I'm in a stadium and I'm going to play a game against somebody and it's a one-on-one basketball game, right? And people know what a one-on-one is. It just means that I'm playing against one other person. And we're in a huge stadium like would be for the Super Bowl or something. And to put it in perspective, and this is a tiny, tiny perspective, the whole stadium is there wearing my jersey. And they're rooting for me. And they're telling me that that they want me to win. I don't know who this other person is, but I'm sure that for them, they're seeing it through their eyes if they're praying the rosary. And they see the whole stadium rooting for them. But this is telling me that all of heaven is sitting in the stadium watching. And they're on my side. They're my fans. They're telling God, hey, we need you to help this guy out. Hey, all of heaven, not just, not just one person or two people, not just my relatives who I pray for who have passed or friends who have passed who I pray to and ask them to, to intercede for me. The whole stadium is on my side. They're all wearing my jersey. That's amazing. They're all wearing the Dr. Sandoval jersey. How many times are we fans, right? We buy sports uh, paraphernalia. We're fans of a particular team, um, you know, and we like to like to observe the games and we show up. But, you know, we're just kind of fans. We're not really players. We're not anything like that. But yet we still wear the colors and we think that these people are great. And, you know, we see them, we might be awestruck and we might feel all impressed by them. This is telling me that the entire celestial court kind of sees us as celebrities or somebody who's going to be rooted for or somebody who's worth fighting for or wearing their jerseys so long as we advocate the rosary. So let's read that one one more time. I have obtained from my divine son that all the advocates of the rosary shall have for intercessors the entire celestial court during their life, during their life, and at the hour of death. Our Lady's telling us the rosary is not just about dying, it's about living, right? Not just living in heaven, but living now. So we forget that sometimes. We get, it's easy to get complacent, it's easy to get um, comfortable, because we forget that 
during our life, God is looking out for us. He knows what we need, even the smallest details. And if we pray the rosary, we're going to have the whole celestial court on our side. That's amazing. This is, this is amazing. This is something where I really want to pray the rosary every day. And I do. I mean, I, I got to say, as our family, we, we pray the rosary every night. But am I always as focused as I need to be? Am I always focusing on the life of Christ and realizing that that's the most important thing? Or am I focusing on my necessities? I'll be honest with you. It's easy to get distracted. You know, what am I doing for work tomorrow? Did I accomplish this? Did I accomplish that? But I really need to put to mind, no, I'm just going to focus on the life of Christ because there's nothing more important than that. All right, let's look at two more promises to go. Two more promises to go here. Promise number 14, all who recite the rosary are my sons and daughters and brothers and sisters of my only son, Jesus Christ. That's a guarantee. Now, we can always argue and say, well, aren't we through our baptism? Aren't we part of the family of Christ? Yes, but sometimes we don't get that as much, or sometimes we are falling away, or sometimes, but this is what Our Lady's telling us. All who recite the rosary, this is just to pray the rosary, you are my sons and daughters, means you're not ashamed of me. You know how Christ told us, you know, whoever is ashamed of me, I'm going to be ashamed of them later. This is where Our Lady's saying, hey, if you pray this rosary, then you're you're making that covenant with me as well. You are officially my son or daughter. I'm going to take you in as official family. And brothers and sisters of my only son, Jesus Christ, meaning I'm going to treat you no different than Jesus. That's pretty huge. I can't make it to Jesus' level. I definitely can't, not on my own, that's for sure. Through the power of God, I can and apparently, if we recite the rosary, we're going to make that level. We already heard that we're going to get signal graces. We're going to get the plenitude of graces. And now we're going to be elevated to the official level of brother and sister of Christ and sons and daughters of Our Lady. Like official, like like you're right up there. Like it's not that you're a follower of Jesus. It's that you are his actual brother or sister. That's amazing. I mean, and this is a promise. You know, how could you not be excited about this promise? The very last promise. Devotion of my rosary is a sign of great, is a great sign, excuse me, of predestination. What does that mean? So there's a lot of different thoughts on predestination. I've seen different theologians argue about it. Predestination really means that you were already made to go to heaven. Um, once you were born, God already decided that you're going to go to heaven, kind of pretty much no matter what is, is what some of the arguments are, although it's not entirely along those lines, but it can be. Depending on who you talk to, there's going to be different thoughts. So predestination is you were born, you were made to go to heaven. Other people were, were born and they were just going to go to hell. And that's pretty controversial because at the end of the day, you're saying, well, what about free will? What if I do something wrong? What if, um, you know, so you're saying that no matter what I do, if I was meant to go to hell, why even try? because you already told me that I was meant to go to hell, so I might as well be bad, who knows? Predestination, well, I don't have to try that hard because I was made to go to heaven. Well, not entirely. What we gotta look at is predestination means that God gives you a greater inclination perhaps to love heaven, to love the graces that he gives you. And if we pray the rosary, even though it says it's a great sign of predestination, it tells us that Our Lady's looking out for us. That promise, you know, a lot of people find controversial or, or have an issue with it because of the term predestination, but that's not what I want to focus on because everything else that she's promising us tells us already that whoever's praying the rosary is going to get these graces and wants to go to heaven. So I would dare say that we are predestined to go to heaven if we put our mind, heart, and soul in praying the rosary. And how can that not give you good mental health? That's going to give you hope. It's going to lift your spirits. It's going to mean that no matter what I do in this world, if I pray the rosary, that's ultimate medicine. Ultimately, I'd like to have another show on the rosary where I talk about the saints, their experience with the rosary, and to take into account what happened in Fatima. You know, let's look at Sister Lucia and why she explains that the daily rosary is a must. This is going to be for future shows, so keep your eye out on what the rosary means for us through the eyes of saints, through the eyes of the church. Until next week, this is Dr. Sandoval. Thank you for being here at the clinic.